friend, you're listening to Life Coach in Your Pocket with me, your certified life coach, Rachel Bailey. Each week, I'll bring you inspiration, motivation, and empowering learnings to help you navigate life's unexpected terrains. I believe that the more we know, the faster we grow. So each week, I'll be teaching high-level coaching concepts that you can apply to your real life. Here's to accomplishing big dreams, believing in your inner champion, and living a life filled with ease and joy. Like all navigational tools in the 21st century, I fit right in your pocket. I'm a life coach in your pocket. Happy listening. Hi, friends. Welcome back to another episode of Life Coach in Your Pocket with me, your certified life coach, Rachel Bailey. I have with me a returning guest, Nathan Serrato. So you may have heard him on the podcast where we talked about NLP and in other episodes where we talked about communication. And Nathan is back again. And I want to read just a little bit of his bio to you so you remember who he is and refresh that memory a little bit. So Nathan has been working in branding, marketing, and communication for over a decade. He studied communication in college, and Nathan became a marketing manager for the Escondido Creek Conservancy and played a pivotal role in overhauling the website, a transformative rebranding, and cultivating a community-centric brand to bolster conservation efforts. His mission is simple, to craft resonant, impactful brands that connect and make a difference. Yay, Nathan! And also, by the way, Nathan and I are amazing friends, and we met at um, NLP Life Coaching School. Hi, Hi, Nathan. (laughs) Thanks for having me. (laughs) Yeah, thanks for coming back. I know you're super busy and up to a lot of things, so we appreciate you. Thank you. Yeah, I appreciate you you having me on here again. You're welcome. <laughs> We've got a lot um, to talk about. <laughs> so much. Yeah. So in the past, you've heard us talk about NLP and communication. And today we wanted to do something a little bit different. Since both Nathan and I run, I would say, successful online businesses, we want to talk to you a little bit about just some questions that you might have about that. So kind of starting with like, branding and social media and online marketing. So that's what we have in store for you today. I'm really excited. Yeah. And it's, it's interesting. Um, you know, I think what we're doing here is very similar to what we talked about last time. It's not that different. It's communication, it's self-expression. And whereas before we we're talking about more in the context of relationships, now we're talking about more in the context of your personal mission and what you're contributing to the world. So Many of you are probably inspiring entrepreneurs or soon-to-be entrepreneurs or successful entrepreneurs. And so for those of you who want to learn about marketing and sales and what Rachel and I do behind the scenes, we're excited to share some insights. So Rachel, I've got lots of questions for you <laughs> as well. I hope that's okay on your yeah. to be interviewed. Yeah. That's great. <laughs> I'm laughing because I'm like, oh, are you going, are you going to ask me a question first? Oh, is that even allowed? Maybe I should. All right. Yeah. All right, Rachel. Well, what do you love about being an entrepreneur? Oh, so many things. I love being able to set my own schedule. And like, for example, tomorrow, my husband and I are taking our son to Disneyland in the middle of January. And it's kind of a dream come true because that's supposed to be like the best time to go to Disneyland. And I always wanted to do it. But when I worked a nine to five, 
like who's going to take off the third week in January when they just had two weeks off for Christmas. So it never felt possible. And now it's like something so simple, such a simple pleasure in life of me just being like, I'm going to go whenever I want. It's like the true freedom. (laughs) I love. It's so funny. I used to tell myself that was my favorite thing. I was like, I love being able to set my own schedule. The problem was uh, when I was first, you know, starting out my business, I would set my schedule and I would overwork myself. So I was like the worst boss to myself. I would not give myself vacation and I would work like, you know, 60, 50 hours a week and just, you know, no breaks. And so I didn't take advantage of that until maybe the last two years. of my. Oh yeah. I mean, same, like <laughs> ask me what the thing I hated about being an entrepreneur was. And I'll tell you. What it is it? Like, <laughs> well, it used to be the 60 to 80 hour work weeks. Um, and the reality is you don't have to do that, but I believed that I needed to do that to like get ahead, quote unquote, or whatever that means, or to stay competitive, to stay relevant, to stay on top of my business. Um, I was working 60 to 80 hours a week for years. I did that. And then I just, after my son was born, I literally could not do that anymore. Like it was not an option. I had to figure out how to work a 10 hour work week. And um, I always heard it was possible, but I never kind of was like forced to figure that out. And now I've been forced to figure that out. So, yeah, (laughs) well, (laughs) I think it's, it's natural for people to want to like rush to creating that successful business. And so there's a lot of pressure I'm curious what you think motivates people to want to just get that done right away. But I always tell people, I'm like, give yourself a runway, like, you know, save up some money, like do something part-time for a while. Make sure you have a proof of concept before you go and just quit your full-time job because you're going to put yourself in a scarcity mindset and trying to build and sell from scarcity. is like the worst possible thing you can do for yourself and your mental health. And um, because I've done it, believe me, it it sucks. Um, so when you have that runway and you have, you know, things in place, you have your proof of concept, then it makes the transition so much easier for people. Oh, that's a good, that's a good way of saying it. I think in the beginning as an entrepreneur, you're just looking around, right? At all the other entrepreneurs and you're like, oh, YouTube, I, I need to be on YouTube. Oh, Instagram, I need to be on Instagram. Oh, TikTok, I need to be on TikTok. Email list. Instagram threads. <laughs> yeah, <Get> threads. <laughs> um, I need a website. I needed this. I needed that. I need all the things and I needed all yesterday. Yeah. Um, and that's yeah, we can talk about that because you don't need all of that, really. Mm-hmm. It's just it's just like the I don't know, maybe for me it was like the comparison mindset. So I'd like look over at somebody else and be like, wow, they've got you know, they've got this going on. They've got Patreon, they've got podcasts, they've got YouTube, they've got all the things I need to be doing all the things. Well, and then everyone's an expert in business and everyone's telling you different things on how to run your business. mm -hmm. And it's funny, like getting a dog recently, um, everyone is telling me how to train my dog and they're like, oh, you need to do this and you need to do that. And everyone's a dog expert. Now I'm just like, shut up, like, leave (laughs) me alone. I know what I'm doing. I hired a dog trainer. I'm going to do what she tells me. And Everyone else, shut up. (laughs) um, But I think it's the same with entrepreneurship. Like, it doesn't matter what path you take. There's so many pathways to success. You just have to pick one and stick to it consistently. 
and stop getting distracted by all these shiny objects. And that's so easy to do in the beginning, because like what you just said, there's so many different ways to succeed in entrepreneurship. But just pick one, stick with it and follow the follow it. Uh, so good. So now I'm going to ask you, what's your favorite thing about being an entrepreneur? My favorite thing about being an entrepreneur is that I, I only like doing work that I'm passionate about. And I yeah. think that was my problem in, you know, working for nine to fives and working for other people. And if I didn't know the bigger purpose of things, and if I didn't, it wasn't excited about it, then I just wouldn't do it. I, it was hard to force myself to do it. Yeah. Um, so now I'm like, just excited about what I'm doing for the world and the community. And when it no longer inspires me, then I shift my focus and direction. Um, but it's all in the same realm of just helping people be more themselves and express themselves more. So, yeah. Mm. Your answer was so much better than mine. So deep. What? So, <laughs> so spiritually wise. It's deep to it. just, I want to do what I want to do. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> but I do love your answer too. I, yes, the, the heart factor, the soul factor has to be there. Right. And I, I did pick jobs that I thought had heart and soul factor, but at the end of the day, for one reason or another, weren't a good fit. So like, if you look at my, my job history, I was a children's pastor for a couple of years. I was like, oh, this is the thing that's going to like change lives and change the world. But at the end of the day, what I was doing was so much admin work that it just wasn't a good fit for me. I was like, I got into this to be with people and I'm never with people. I'm on the computer, you know, 30 hours a week. So even yeah. though the heart and soul factor was there, I just wasn't in alignment until I found life coaching. And then I was like, oh, this is what I was meant to do all along. I just didn't know it. Yeah. Well, let me ask you, Rachel, how do you deal with the admin work for life coaching or how have you managed that? <laughs> <laughs> well I outsource a lot of it so there's that <laughs> there we go that's good <laughs> <laughs> um yeah. so I do do some admin work but I usually do things that I'm already good at and already enjoy doing and then I can outsource the things I don't want to do so again kind of being my own boss instead of having a boss say you need to do this I can be like well, I don't want to do that I'm going to give it to somebody else it just yeah. so you know how to delegate <laughs> I do now in the beginning I was like I need to do everything all the things and I was like why I suck at this graphic thing like why am I trying to spend 30 hours on this stupid graphic when I just somebody to do well, it I think that's what makes us a good team too um so in our our class that we're creating for sales and marketing uh, I think we've kind of learned to delegate like what I love doing I love creating the website I love creating the the marketing and the graphics and you know, that's kind of my background. And so I, I'm, I'll happily take that on for you, Rachel. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's funny. I'm laughing because I'm like, yeah, we had a private conversation where you called me and you were like, I feel bad that I haven't been doing that much in our business. And I'm like, what are you talking about? You built our entire website. <laughs> I'm relieved over here. Like, oh my God, I don't have to build a website. Thank you. Thank you. I just forget because that's so easy for me to do. I'm like, oh yeah, I just like pop a website up, you know, whatever. And um, yeah, so then, and I'm like, and Rachel's over here giving talks to these different companies and enrolling people in our class. And I'm just like, what am I doing? Oh yeah, <laughs> I All guess that's stuff. important too. 
we're doing all the stuff that I don't want to do and vice versa. That's why we make a good team. Exactly. Uh, I love it. Well, what, what, I guess you said 60 hour work weeks. Is there anything else you don't like about being an entrepreneur or has been difficult in being an entrepreneur? You know, I think we, we touched on a lot of it. Um, but I, just knowing what to focus on and I am someone who, you know, likes to do things on a whim and doesn't like to have the discipline and just likes to live in the moment and be a free whimsical um, nymph in the middle of the forest dancing to the beat of her own drum. And that's the life that I've always lived. And so having to have like a disciplined plan of action and quarterly goals and year long goals and um, just sticking to things has been difficult for me. Um, but I think the last couple of years focusing on that has made all the difference in my business. And I realized too, like having that structure gives me more freedom. I used to think having a set structure and having a set framework for a year, I'm like, oh no, like I'm going to miss out on so much. And I'm like, no, I'm actually going to have more time and things are going to grow better. And I actually am choosing ahead of time how I want to live my life and where I want my business to go. So it wasn't as scary as I thought it was. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I, yeah, I, for me, the freedom factor, I don't know if it was ever scary. The thing that was hard about it was like you said earlier, like I wasn't a good boss to myself, but for different reasons, but man, that's such a good answer. Like finding the joy and the freedom. Mm -hmm. That's good. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Cool. Well, since you are, I see you as being a social media expert um, that wasn't in your bio, but I think we can both confidently say that you are a social media expert. And part of the reason why you have that reputation is because you started a social media platform on Instagram called Queer Conscious that, how many followers did that hit? Um, I'm at 4,700 something. With pure organic growth. And you just started this platform. So, yeah, I mean, you, yeah. Well, I think that that speaks a lot to just what you're doing right on social media. And as being someone who, like, I had to start over recently or a couple of years ago, and I only have probably just over a thousand followers, we're doing social media differently. We're using social media differently. And I would love to ask you sort of as the social media person who's getting all these new followers, how do you do that? How do you go about getting people to follow you on your Instagram account? Yeah, that's, that's actually an interesting question. The, the first three to five years, I think I was more focused on, on growth. The last year, I've been pretty stagnant in the amount of followers I've had, um, especially like shifting niches a little bit within queer conscious, um, focusing more on, on religious trauma um, has I've lost a lot of followers and I've gained a lot of followers that are more aligned. So it's, it's felt pretty stagnant the last year, but how I go about getting new followers um, is really, it sounds so simple, but just showing up and posting consistently. I've never been someone to post three to five times a day. That's never been what I do. And I know a lot of experts tell you to do that. Um, And the reason that that's worked for me is because it's not my only marketing channel. 
So mm -hmm. social media, I'm sort of playing the long game with that. I'll, I'll post maybe twice a week on average. And because wait, wait, I, hold up. you only post twice a week on average on average. Yeah. And sometimes I don't post at all. <laughs> <Some What? weeks. laughs> this is blowing my mind. This is not the answer I was expecting. Okay. No, I, I like when I look back at the posts and how long I've had my account, it's, it's two posts a week on average, but that's not my only marketing channel. Like I said, I do a lot of networking events. Um, I do yoga classes. Um, there's other ways that I, I meet people. Um, and I think actually it's, it's interesting. I think just showing up consistently on your platform is really what makes or breaks it. Cause it reminds people that you're there, but it doesn't have to be three to five times a week. The other thing I do to grow is partnering with other accounts. And like, you know, we do collaborations, we do lives, we do joint posts, shared posts. Um, so that's really helped, um, boost my followers and, um, and just being, honest and and vulnerable i get a lot of shares people share my content because it's heartfelt it's what people need to hear in the moment i, I try to take myself out of it and think what do people want to hear about my story that will inspire them what do people want to hear this week that will inspire them and when i think about social media that way they feel more connected to it because it feels like i'm talking to them it feels like i'm talking to the community and they're more likely to share it. And so I have posts that get like 500 shares and I'm like, this really? <laughs> like that's that's what you guys wanna share? And it, it's surprising sometimes. But um, again, you, you have to really focus on what they need, which means you have to know who your audience is and who you're talking about. Ooh. So yeah, yeah <laughs> that's another conversation. <laughs> yeah, that's the next conversation actually. I'm like, yes, can we please talk about that? Um, this was something that was confusing to me as an entrepreneur, uh, kind of before we connected and you were like, Rachel, you've got to get it together. <laughs> you were nicer than that, but you were like, um, this isn't anyway. So to be clear for everyone, what I'm talking about in the beginning, kind of my mission statement that was on my social media was I'm a certified life coach and I help others follow their dreams. and you were kind of very nicely letting me know that that wasn't, I wasn't niched down enough. And I would hear other experts talk about this. You've got to niche down. You've got, and I heard it at nauseum. But the thing that was hard for me about that was as a life coach, I, A, feel I can help anyone. I, I truly believe that. Like, it's not, I'm not just saying that flippantly. Like, I truly believe I could help anyone because of what life coaching is and because of what it does and how it works. So I don't feel like, oh, there's only one specific group of people I'm working with or want to work with. So that was kind of confusing to me as I didn't know where to niche down or how to niche down. So could you talk to other people who are struggling with this niching down thing? Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm talking to them right now. <laughs> <laughs> Hi. <laughs> Hello. I'm the problem. Yes. It's me. I can talk to them. So if you're having trouble niching down, I get it because, oh, making decisions about who you want to work with. You don't want to leave anybody out, right? You don't want to lose out on a potential market. You don't want to lose out on sales. You don't want to put yourself in a box. Like that's why you're an entrepreneur. So you can like do whatever you want and when you want, but it's not effective from a sales point. Because mm -hmm. when you're out there selling from this general space, 
follow your dreams. That's so cliche. That's like what you put like on a wooden panel and hang in your living room. Follow your dreams. <laughs> Live, laugh, love. Like, and it doesn't mean anything to anybody. Mm. When they follow your dreams, you're like, okay, cool. That's nice. Good for you. Yeah. But when you say, I help people communicate better in their relationships. Oh, that's cool. Like what kind mm -hmm. of relationships? Like then, then they're a little more interested. Like, Oh, I have a relationship where I'm struggling to communicate with my mom. Like I would love to, to know how to help people, or I would love to know more information about that. Okay. Then people can actually cling onto it. Or let's say I help people um, grow their businesses and scale their online businesses. Oh, cool. I have a business. Um, how do you help people do that? And now you can actually relate to something. Um, but yeah. the problem is people are taking like the Tony Robbins approach, especially for life coaches. Oh, I help people live their best lives. I help people find purpose. And, right. and it's, it works for Tony Robbins because he's got, you know, a 20 year career doing this and he's got, he can just say that and do that. And it works. Mm -hmm. us on the other hand if we want to get attention we need to find a specific problem actually this plays off of our last podcast go watch it we need to chunk down mm -hmm. and get specific about what we do for people so mm -hmm. that they know what the hell we're talking about and that they <laughs> get excited about it <laughs> okay so help me go from I help people follow their dreams mm -hmm. to something better like what would as the marketing expert yeah how do you help me with that specifically well, you help a lot of people, Rachel. Um, who's who's a group of people that loves working with you right now? I actually have a lot of life coaches working with me right now. Okay. So let's make one around life coaches. Okay. Okay. So you help life coaches with what problem? <laughs> it's funny. Well, right now, like the season of life that I'm in, a lot of my clients are asking me for support with their business. So how do I get more clients? How do I, yeah, how do I sell? How do I, how do I explain my services to other people? How do I find clients? This is what I'm helping. I would say probably 70% of my client base right now. Okay. So you help life coaches find clients, sell their products, and talk about their their program okay so here's what life coaches will come to me and say mm -hmm. what i do is so nebulous how do i sell it people use the word nebulous <laughs> yeah one of my clients used that word <laughs> who is <laughs> this person <laughs> yeah so how do i explain what i'm doing okay okay because they don't teach you that in life coaching school, by the way. They right. don't teach you how to sell your stuff. They just say, here's how you help people. Okay. Great. And then, so there's three things that you're helping your clients do. You help them find clients, sell their products, and explain what they do. Um, what do they have by the end of working with you? A clear understanding of who they are and what they do and how to sell what they do. Okay. And I don't just mean explaining what they do. I mean, how to actually get clients, okay. how to so, 
Oh, so that's oh. what they have by the end of it. They have more clients. Oh yeah, more clients. Yes. Okay, great. Um, so what I would do is bring life coaches in the beginning. This can be kind of your X Y Z statement, and this is it can be for internal use. You can also put it out into the world if you want, but. Mostly, this is like your guiding North Star so that you don't lose track of who you're making content for. So I help life coaches. That's your ex, your people you're helping. And the solution you help them with is explaining what they do and talking about what they do. So I help life coaches. um, Define. 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 Yeah. Okay. I like that word. Define and talk about what they do or explain, define what they do. There we go. Define and sell what they do. So they have more clients. Define and sell what they do. There it is. So they can have, I'm going to say, a steady stream of clients. I'm going to add some some like lemon zest to that. Thank you. Have, for a, have a steady stream of clients because that's really what people want. Mm-hmm. Right. And is that something that you can deliver to them? Yes or no, Rachel? Yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> okay. There we go. Do what I say and you'll have a steady stream of clients. If you don't so do what same... I say, I can't help you. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> so this is uh, just a draft, right? And we can always re- reframe this, but, um, or enhance it as we go along. But I help help life coaches define and sell what they do so they can have a steady stream of clients. Easy. Bam. That's a very specific problem. And Mm -hmm. you can solve that for people. And we did that in what? Two minutes, three minutes. Yeah. Easy. I have some questions for you. Yes. If I have them, other people have them. Mm -hmm. So it's about 70% of my clients. I would say then 20% of my clients are moms. Mm-hmm. 10% of my clients are pageant competitors. Do I include them in the XYC statement or do I just let them find me? Um, I would treat each of these as, as separate businesses because you're helping people with different problems. So because of that, I would write separate XYZ statements for each of these different pillars that you've got going on um and whether or not you should let them find you it's it's up to you you can create separate platforms for all of them but remember the more platforms you create the more you have to maintain so it's a lot more work and you're already shaking your head now so (laughs) exactly (laughs) that was a Um, non-verbal cue that no one could see no i would not recommend that um and if your pageant clients are finding you right now word of mouth or through events, um, let them find you that way. Market there doing your, I think you do sponsorships for different pageants as well. That's yeah. so much easier than creating a whole social media platform, creating content every day for that. If that's not where you're going to focus, that's just a different marketing stream, different business treated differently. Okay. Um, and so, and what's great about that too, Rachel, is that, you still get to have a variety of clients and things that excite you. Like you're not choosing or limiting yourself, but you're focusing in on each of your businesses and each of your platforms that you do. And you're 
you're approaching them in different ways. And um, eventually, I think you're going to find one of these that, you know, really speaks to you that you're just going to go all in on. Um, and then it, you're you're going to have such a reputation in pageants and other places, you're not even going to need to market them, but they're still going to come to you. Yeah. You're still going to be known for that. I had a photography business when I first came out of high school and I still get people to this day asking me for photo shoots and I'll do them every now and then, like when I'm excited about, you know, <laughs> what, what it is, but you build such a reputation in your brand about what you do. People aren't going to forget that. So, yeah. um, yeah, it's okay to, to just leave that part alone and let them find you, you know, when, when you want. So cool. Yeah. Ah, oh, such a good answer. Yeah, the reality <laughs> is most of the pageant women that come to me are referrals, mm -hmm. right? And so they've heard like, oh, I got someone with great results. They hear it through the grapevine because it's a small, it's a tight community. I mean, people talk and they share. So that's where most of my clients come from. See, now that's an ex excellent example of niching down within the pageant world. You help pageant contestants successfully pass their interviews so that they can um, place in pageants, right? I just made that up. Does that sound accurate? That's accurate. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So that, that could be an XYZ statement for pageants. And you are so niched down in that specific result you get for them that they know you for it, that they feel excited to refer you to other contestants about that. And that's what you want as a brand, as a business, is you're the person to go to for pageantry. For right. pageant interview. Pageant interviews. There the, we go. Yeah, because yeah, here's the thing that works for me about this niche. I'm not mm -hmm. going to lie and say hire me for modeling and walking coaching. No, I'm going to send you to somebody that's an expert in that. I'm an expert in the interview. That's how I win pageants. I win the interview portion. And then the rest I'm pretty good at, but I'm not an expert. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. So um, that niche is just organic for me to say, I, I coach interview. And then I have friends that are modeling and walking coaches that I can say, go to this person, go to that person. So the thing that was confusing about life coaching is it's one of those businesses where I did feel like this product is for everyone and, and I can do everything. And that's where it becomes confusing. So thank you for helping me. With yeah. And, and I think a lot of coaches feel that way too, or people who are in this entrepreneurial space, but you have to think about how saturated the market's gone, right? You can stand on the corner and throw a bagel and probably hit a life coach nowadays. So, yeah, you probably <laughs> <laughs> so what you have to do is set yourself apart and you do that by positioning yourself in a specific niche. And now you're going to get people's attention once you have that. Yeah. Ooh, that's good. I love it. So I have some social, I have social media question for you. Okay. Well, I've got some questions for you too. So let me know when I can ask you questions <laughs> about sales. <laughs> okay. Let me do, let me ask you one and then. You okay. Have one. Sure. okay. So my question has to do with, you said, oh, I only post twice a week. And I was like, oh, that sounds awesome. How do you know what to post? Do you follow some sort of social media calendar? Do you, whatever organic idea comes up, how do you know what to post? Yeah. So I really base my calendar out in, in quarters. So 
in each quarter, I am usually focusing on a different program that I'm, I'm launching or putting out that month or that quarter. So uh, there was one around religious trauma. There was one around uh, communication um, last quarter. And so within each quarter, I'm building up to that launch. Mm-hmm. So I kind of backtrack three months before the launch of that program. I'm looking at, oh, what are some things I want to talk about within the realm of communication? How can I help people communicate better with, with their parents, with partners? What are some things people have questions about? And so I sort of create um, a general content calendar. I mean, you can get more in, in depth with this, but I just don't feel like I need to. Yeah. Um, but I kind of get some ideas of things I want to post about. And then every week I batch some content, uh, just a couple posts on Monday and then schedule them, put them out and bam, there we go. Um, but it's, I also like to be really spontaneous a little bit. I, I leave some room for what I'm experiencing that week. So yeah. while I have a list of topics, I, I set the week apart and I sit and I, I sort of meditate on what's going on for people. What questions have I gotten lately? What's going on for my clients? What's going on for me? And when I can tap into that presence of what my audience will need in that week, that feels a little more authentic to me and helps me okay. show up a little better than having a strict calendar of you're going to post this how-to and this, you know, yeah, so, yeah. so. and that, that works for some people. Um, I just, I'm a little more emotional when it comes to my, my content. <laughs> so Same. it doesn't work for me. <laughs> I post what I feel when I feel. Yeah. <laughs> There's no exactly. calendar. I'm like, what are you talking about? Yeah. But you got to have some structure again, right? So, yeah. so box yourself in as much as you can to give yourself those guardrails. So you're not off the wall talking about, you know, how to fix your, your plants, brown leaves when you should be helping people with communication. Okay. Cause that's not yeah. going to support you. And then, and then I balance that out too, with some personal stuff, right? Because I, I'm a, a human, a personal brand. So a lot of people hire me because I'm Nathan Serrato. Um, not necessarily because of queer conscious, but they're like, Oh, I like Nathan. And so showing some personal things about my dog, about my nieces, about my life and what I do, it's um, helps people to have that no like and trust factor with me where they're like, oh, yeah, Nathan seems like the person I want to go to to talk about my my challenges with communication. Yeah, oh, that's good. I like that a lot. Yeah. Um, you said you had a question for me. I'm going to yes. let you do that. <laughs> well, <laughs> I'm so. Sales has been something that I've oh, I've just resisted and like fought tooth and nail, and then I've I've tried doing what people say, and then I just feel icky and gross after, and then like I just want to apologize after sales conversations, and like there's just it's just been the bane of my existence, and now I've I've gotten to a, a healthier place with it, but I'm just curious, like why why do you think that sales has such a bad reputation. Like you hear, you know, the the used car salesman um, avatar all the time. Like right. it just has such a bad reputation. Like what is it about sales? That's just so gross, Rachel. <laughs> <laughs> so Nathan asked me this before we press record. So real talk. And I had to think I love sales. So anyone who's listening that doesn't know this about me, I love sales. It lights me up actually to get to have a sales conversation either with one-on-one or in front of an audience. 
I love it. So when Nathan was asking this question, I really had to think back to a time in my life when I didn't love sales. And I came up with two answers. The first one is, I think people are, this is talking, why does it have such a bad reputation actually is what you asked me, Nathan. Mm -hmm. The first reason is because people have purchased crappy products before. And we're in such a time now, especially where people are a little bit leery of sales because everyone's a salesperson and everybody is selling something. And you go on social media and the majority of what you see are ads. And it's become this sort of distrust thing where you're like, is this actually going to help me? Is this actually going to meet my needs? Is this actually going to solve the problem? Is the value that I'm paying going to be what I receive back? especially if I'm buying online and I don't, I don't get to see the product. I don't get to touch the product. I don't get to feel the product. I don't know anything about the product. Um, and I can read the reviews, but like, are those, are those real people, <laughs> those robots leaving reviews? Like, I don't know. So I think people are sales has a bad reputation. Number one, because of crap products that are out there. And do you think, well, just kind of, with people really getting tired of all the ads they're seeing, do you think our culture is shifting in our relationship with consumption? Oh, yes, 100%. If you think back to like 10 years ago, what worked for social media selling was literally just a picture of the product and a person being like, this product helped me. And then people <laughs> were like, yeah, let me read about it. And now people are like, oh, get away, like scroll. Yeah. Um, and so I think like that has shifted a lot over where social media used to be a place where people would sell organically their network marketing products and other people would go on and be like, oh, interesting. Like, I like this person. I like what they have to say. I like their account. What is this product that they're selling? Now I feel like the relationship is ugh, another, uh, another thing that's supposed to help me. Is it because people are broke? <laughs> are we just pissed? Like, what, what is it about it? <laughs> like, I think that, okay, I'll speak for myself. And yeah. you, as an entrepreneur, I'm sure this has happened to you, where you have purchased something, a program, hmm. where you were like, this is the thing, right? Hmm. It's going to get me results. Hmm. And you pay an exorbitant amount of money for this program that promises you results and you get to the end of your program and you're like, okay, the program was good, but mm. you got results. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. I've probably bought like a million programs like that. And I'm like, I get really excited about it maybe for the first couple of weeks. And then like, I'm just like, okay, well, this is kind of repetitive. This is redundant. Like, you know, mm -hmm what now? Um, right. And I, I question the value. I'm like, was it worth the, the 12,000 I spent or, you know, whatever, however much the money. 20,000. <laughs> however. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so I think part of this, the reputation with sales of why it's bad is because programs in particular might be selling something and delivering another something. Mm -hmm. And I think that's, what's frustrating to people is like, they feel like it was maybe a bait and switch. Like, hey, wait a second. You promised me this. Mm -hmm. What I bought was good. 
it, it wasn't garbage or anything, but it definitely wasn't what I bought or what I thought I was buying. Okay. And so what's the other reason you think sales has a bad reputation? Um, well, I think that sales can have a bad reputation now. For me personally, what came up was like, oh, is this company, is this person going to bug me forever? <laughs> <laughs> I buy this product and now you're going to, okay, so like no offense network marketers, but this is why people are scared of you. They are afraid that if they like your post or comment or buy your product, that you are going to follow up with them every day for the rest of their life until they die. Mm. And they don't want that. <laughs> don't, don't do that. <laughs> okay. But it's not just, I don't mean to just pick on this one group of people because yeah. companies do this too. I buy something and you're going to send me an email every day now. No. Well, no, how many calls I get about health insurance. Like, I'm just like, fucking leave me alone. Like, <laughs> or hey, we're calling about your car's extended warranty. <laughs> like, shut up. Right, exactly. <laughs> Please stop bugging me. So, you yeah. have to, if you're the salesperson, okay, so network marketer or company, you have to think about how often am I pitching to this person versus caring for them? Mm. So, like, if you join my email list, 90% of my emails are just free value. Mm -hmm. Here's some tips for your holiday season. Here's some tips for whatever, starting your new year off. Here's five tips to selling more products. Yeah. I'm not going to send you an email every single day about becoming a client. Like people don't want that. They just mm -hmm. don't. Yeah. Because how do they get to know you or your program without hearing what you have to say? I, I love that 90% of your content is providing the value. And that kind of is really, I think, at the root of the sales process in the beginning mm -hmm. is them understanding what you have to say and how you can help them. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. So if you are that network marketer, look, there's a better way. <laughs> You can stay on people's radar with giving them free value you, and, and not asking every single time that you talk to them if they're interested in more products or becoming a partner with you. Like give it some breathing room so you can keep their relationship first. Yeah. Relationship first. There it is. Yeah. Okay, so bring the humanity back to sales. <laughs> so, Rachel, what do you think people are doing wrong in their sales? Yeah. Uh, like if they're not making sales, if they're like, like what, what is it that most people are doing wrong? So this is a trap that even I sometimes still fall into. And then I have to remind myself, wait a second. I know, I know better. I need to do better. The trap that sales people fall into. And when I say salespeople, I mean, anybody, any entrepreneur who is selling anything. Okay. The trap is my product, my service, my program is so amazing that all I need to do is talk about how amazing it is. And then someone else will see the value. And that's not true because what you are selling, no matter who you are, no matter what your program or your product or your service is, it is a plane ticket to someplace else. Okay. People want to get away from their pain points and they want to get toward some vision some future reality. I don't care if what you're selling is acne cream. Where they are now is discomfort and pain points around acne and where they want to be is free from that. Mm 
mm-hmm. and feel confident and beautiful. So if you're going on and on and on and on and on about the science of your face cream, people are going to actually tune out and not relate. <laughs> yeah. Why are you laughing? <laughs> <laughs> because I just know so many people like that. And I'm guilty of that myself. It's just explaining the science of it. And I'm like, people, you want to know how it works and why it works. And they're right. like, I no, not yet. Actually, I'm not even sure. <laughs> I know what the hell you're talking about. Yeah. But okay. That type <laughs> of sale works for a very small percentage of people so it's, it's not that it doesn't work it's just i think it's- i'm that small percentage i think that's the problem <laughs> You're like, Ooh, tell me the science right but most people want to know where that where this product is going to take them even if that's only a subconscious desire so if you start talking to them about you know having acne can make you feel and you're free from this. You don't have to feel this way, but it could make you feel insecure, right? Or or the pain of the, the pimples, literal pain versus emotional pain versus, wow, what about on the other side of that? If you could just feel more confident, if you could just wake up and not have to worry about it and not have to put makeup on and not have to deal with the pain, wouldn't that be a better day? And then say the product. Well, if that interests you, here's the product. So what people are doing wrong in sales is they're talking way too much about their product program or service, and they need to be talking more about the destination of where they're taking people. Wow. And I felt it in the way that you talked about it just now talking about acne. I'm like, I felt connected to that. Like, cause I used to have acne back in the day and like, I'm like, oh yeah, no, I remember that feeling. Like I would have given anything to just like wake up and not, you know, you know, feel like I need to be picking at my face or like covering things up or you know, so I think you're tapping into that emotional experience where you're actually being present with where they're at and showing them what they could have. Yes. So, you know, one other question I have then, you know, with this is like, I think a lot of people with sales feel like they are being manipulative with mm-hmm. sales and what would you tell someone who's afraid of, of manipulating other people? They don't want to be that like used car salesman trope where they're just like selling you something you don't need or, you know, what, what would you tell someone who's afraid of doing that? Yeah. So the number one thing I would tell people is what's coming up for you is the fear that the value doesn't match the cost. Now, just because that fear is coming up for you doesn't mean it's accurate right? I'm not saying lower your prices. I'm saying that's what's coming up for you is you're afraid that the value of your product doesn't match your price. So if that's you, then number one, uh, you might fear rejection. So like, I'm afraid that someone is going to reject. Really, they're, they're saying no to your product. But but what's happening is I'm taking it as a personal rejection. Mm. Right. I've and never then, done that before. <laughs> <laughs> never. I don't think I've ever done that. Never taken it personally. No. <laughs> <laughs> right. And so um, the reason why it's harder to be, I say harder just as a general statement, but it is harder to be either an entrepreneur or a network marketer working for yourself, selling your own products and services because at the end of the day, you're responsible for someone's experience. 
Mm. Versus, right, versus if I work for a different coaching company and I sell their products and services all day long, well, it's not really my fault if the person has a bad experience. Yeah. So, yeah. I, you know, that's funny. I, I think that's what's been so hard about being an entrepreneur is that all that pressure is on you. And it, it feels like all of your, your personal insecurities come up when you're having to face and take responsibility for um, your client's journey, but also face the possibility of rejection. It just throws all your insecurities right in your face and you have to deal with it every single day. And yeah. so you have to be a really confident person to be an entrepreneur. Yeah. And, so and if you're not, if you're listening to Nathan and you're like, well, what, I am an entrepreneur, but I don't feel that confident. Um, that's a matter of mindset work, which you absolutely can do. Oh. Because I'm telling you right now, Nathan and I didn't start out as being the most confident entrepreneurs on the planet. We grew in that area through mindset work. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That was juicy. We, well, we could probably talk for like, another hour on this stuff but um yeah, <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna wind it up um is there anything else you want to ask me like last question before we go um or i could ask you one well what are you looking forward to most in 2024 in your business Ooh. Good question. So 2024 is going to be a big year for me. <laughs> There's a lot of things I'm looking forward to. like Disneyland. <laughs> Disneyland. In your business. Some, I got some personal stuff. In <laughs> business. <laughs> in my business, um, you and I are launching a program. And I am so excited about that for so many reasons. And I know we don't have that much time, so I'll keep it short. But we have two things coming. We have Ignite your influence and we, which is a three-day masterclass and we have velocity, which is a three-month program. I'm excited about these two things for so reason, so many reasons on a personal note. I just want to say, Nathan, like working with you has been a dream come true. Um, it's something that I've wanted to do for probably three years now is build a partnership with you just because you're such an amazing person and I see in you just such strengths and gifts that you have to share with the world as far as your marketing knowledge, your branding knowledge, and your social media knowledge, which we just barely were able to scratch the surface of. I'm like, ah, oh, I wish we could talk for another two hours. Um, and people deserve to hear from you. And I deserve to work with you. Like I'm finally putting myself in a place where I'm like, I deserve to work with really awesome people. Um, so I'm excited on a personal level for other people. What I'm excited for them for, for this, the three-day masterclass is for you to support them in getting the branding help that they need in finding their own XYC statements and finding their own niche and finding their own way of marketing and branding themselves. If that seems fuzzy or unclear. So I know that's what you're going to bring to the table. I'm going to bring other stuff to the table, but that's, I'm excited about that. Sorry, I'm just wiping tears from my Don't eyes. Don't right cry. <laughs> you can cry. <laughs> uh, no, this is, I'm really excited about that program too, because I feel like we've, you and I have been on our entrepreneur journeys for what, five, six plus years, mm -hmm. I guess. I mean, if we really think about it, um, but specifically within coaching. And 
I'm really excited to bring everything I've learned from all of the education I've done from the, you know, live experience I've had from the, the trainings I've taken and help people to not make the same mistakes I did mm-hmm. and to help them build their businesses in a faster and more sustainable way than I did. And, um, I'm just really excited to support people because I think what you and I have as entrepreneurs is really special. Like we get to wake up every day and do something that we love and really be, you know, the, the writers of, of of our life and our schedule. And that is such a gift. And I think people really want that. So that's what I'm looking forward to. (laughs) Yay. Yes. Can you tell people, because sometimes it's easier to read the label outside the jar. Mm -hmm. What do you think I'm bringing to this masterclass that we're putting on together? Oof. What Rachel is bringing to this masterclass is a way of stepping out of this box that you see sales as mm. and creating your own version of sales that works for you in a way that's gentle, it's approachable, it's authentic to you, it doesn't feel grimy. And it actually helps to build confidence in yourself and what you're bringing to the table for your clients. Um, and I think Rachel does that in an amazing way. She's an amazing teacher and educator and how she explains things just makes sense. Um, and she's also very gentle. So she'll meet you where you're at. Oh, I was trying to write all of that down. When <laughs> so like, that's, that's how I right. help people. Let me write it down. <laughs> luckily you're recording this so yeah. you can just get it back I but, can get yeah. back and play it back and be like hey guys this is what I do this is what Nathan said that I do so awesome. <laughs> thank you for that yeah sales should be fun for me sales is connecting to people it's relational it's loving it's helpful and I help other entrepreneurs view it that way yeah. and get more clients oh no Absolutely. Steady stream of clients. Steady stream of clients. There we go. You had to add the lemon zest to it, right? It's got to be like, ooh, there's a little something else here. <laughs> so, yeah. um, um, and yeah. Nathan's going to help you brand and market what you do on social media and in other places too. So, because he's a, like I said, branding expert. I'm like, you can do all the branding for our class because I'm not going to do it. <laughs> no. <Yeah. laughs> Okay. That's our, our three-day class coming up. It's $44. Um, I think it's 90 minutes each day. It's going to be packed with tons of value. Come get a taste and um, and check out our three-month program too. So. Heck yeah. And if you're busy those three days, just so you know, when you buy, you get a members area. So we will be uploading all of the content in your members area. Um, so you can catch us live if you want to interact with us and ask questions live. If that's not doable, sign up anyway, because this class is yours forever. It'll be at your fingertips for the rest of your life uh, once you sign up. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Cool. cool. Right, friend. Thank you so much. Let's yeah. Thank fun. you for having me, Rachel. Oh, my gosh. Anytime. Come back again and again. Okay. I will. Bye, <laughs> <laughs> okay. right, Rachel. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Life Coach In Your Pocket. If you enjoyed today's episode, please share it with a friend. 
And if you haven't already, subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback, or if you're looking to get involved in one of my coaching programs, you can reach me directly at coachrachelbailey.com. Thanks for listening. I'll see you next week.